Mem Zayin, Amit Beis, sorry, Mem Ches, Oyer Mem Zayin, Amit Beis. The uh, Gemara, in, in last week's Gemara, we saw the Achrayis, the obligations of a Ger, to be a Mechabal Geris, uh, to do Mila, Tevila, and Kabbalah Smitzes, or Kabbalah Smitzes, Mila, uh, Tevila. And the Gemara had said, the Gemara had said, uh, in, are you, are you eating during the year? Like, oh, is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Uh, as long as you're, everyone's like, I don't know the rules. Yeah, I, I think we are. As long as we're apart. Yeah. Sure. Oh, I had some uh, horse. Uh, spoons. I, did, I, did, I don't know. I just think. Thank you. Yeah. Interesting. No spoons? Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. <sighs> Right. I'm going to take a breather from the I'll be running from one meeting to the next. One meeting was about how to play Tetris, and the other how to play Donkey Kong. I'm stuck in the, in, in 81. Huh? Oh, you're I got a lot of names, but I'm just much running. I um yeah I, when I got off my last meeting I said I thank you when I got off my last meeting I said I'm not gonna eat well and now I'm gonna focus on this I'll eat later um yeah, I said I have to get off of davening on my last meeting. So I said, I'm going to jump. I need to go. I need to jump. And I realized, that's Sakova. I need to jump. Anyhow, okay. Back to. Jumping rabbi. Okay, so the, the Bryce had said, Echad Gerv, Echad Evid Meshukhar, also a, a, a um, emancipated Evid is also going to require. Um, is also going to require being Kabbalah's mitzvahs. The Gemara thinks that what does it mean that a ger and an eved that is being emancipated needs to be, and this is a 47b, that it needs to have a um, uh, 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 they're the same Allah, they both need Kabbalah's mitzvahs. Hermini. So we ask a contradiction. Uh, unable to join using link. Let's help him join. So they, Bryce says uh, that a ger and an Eva Meshukar both need this same halacha. So the Gemara thinks, Kasaka Daitach, Lekabal Mitzvah, that the requirement is to do Mekabal uh, Mitzvah. So we ask a contradiction. So we have a contradiction because it says that an Evid does not need Kabbalah's Mitzvah. Whether an Evid also needs Kabbalah Smitzvahs. And the idea is that we know, as we're going to see, we see in this Gemara, but we've talked about this before, that an Eved is not only, uh, an Eved really is Mechliva Mitzvahs. He's Baal Yisrael to some degree. So he's a Yid, in Mechliva Mitzvahs, but not a full Yid. Lasha Ramam is, uh, you know, that uh, uh, he, he left, you know, Umas but he's L'chlal Yisrael, he didn't come to a complete Klal Yisrael. Okay, whatever this in-between stage is, but 
he needs Kabbalah's mitzvahs because he's a mitzvah, so he's going to need Kabbalah's mitzvahs. And on that, there's a machlekas from Shimon Allah says, no, he doesn't need Kabbalah's mitzvahs. It's automatic. As, a, as much as, in as much as he becomes an Eved, he also is mechuyiv in mitzvahs. And the Chachamim say, no, that he's going to need a Kabbalah's mitzvahs. The Tanya we learned. Vach sesima, avia vesima, that the, uh, um, the captive from war is going to be a yafastar. The Torah, connected Dibra Torah, connected Yitzhara, a person out, a soldier is out in the field. They're, they're, they're under stress. They're, the, the Torah is afraid that he would lose his own morals. And so the Torah says, you know what? Bring her home. Take the captive home. And this way, you slow it down and hopefully that avoid that, uh, you know, contain the Yitzhara. But the idea is that she needs to we're going to see the Gemara, 30 days, 90 days, but from a Yerach Yomim, she has to cry for her family. This, that she needs to wait all this time, is she was not Makabil mitzvah. But if she's Makabil mitzvah, so then she's a regular year. So Matbila, you take it in the mikvah, and she's in this guy, and in Mutter right away. What happens if the 30 days 90 days right so we'll we'll, we'll get to um to that in a moment so so we'll get to that in a moment what happens in the end but the idea is that if she's macabre mitzvahs then it's then then he's mutter with her right away and and if not then it happens later Right? So, Rabbi Shimon says, no. Well, even if she doesn't want to be Kabbalah mitzvahs, he can force her to go to the mikvah. And then, for the sake of avdus, slavery, and then he, he emancipates her and sends her back to the mikvah for emancipation. Um, and this is all Kabbalah's mitzvahs against her will. So according to Hashem and Elazar, there is no need to be for her to have, for her or him, any ever to have a Kabbalah's mitzvahs, not at the beginning, not at the end, at the emancipation, at the shikrur. You know, either way, just, just the, 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 the act of um, servitude, of going to the mikvah l'shem avdus, is sufficient to uh, to, to make them obligated in That's what Shimon Allah said. The Chachamim disagree. They say, no, that there's a need for Kabbalah's mitzvahs. Correct. And Evan and Shevcha is Machuiva mitzvahs. No, because I, I got that from the fact that the halacha is that a shivcha is mechuyiv in mitzvahs. Evid, Evid and shivcha are mechuyiv in mitzvahs. That's, that's just halacha. Correct. And and it's talking about Kabbalah's mitzvahs, and it says that it's done by al karcha. What does Rashi mean? The that's the that's the nature of if somebody goes to the mikvah, right, with their own um, on their own volition, that's that's conversion, that's gerus. Right. So the the manner within which um, mikvah for avdus works is that there has to be a form of servitude at that moment of going to the mikvah. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I didn't learn Rashi to mean against their will specifically, but that it means that there's an, a, there's an aspect of Al-Karcha in there. In the, because it's not Al-Karcha in, at all. A person can sell themselves into slavery, and it's not Al-Karcha. Certainly there are some that are not al Right, and Rashi says, the Chot Vilasavad of Al-Karcha. So it doesn't, I don't think it means that it's that it is at by force 
I've never seen the phrase al karfan used not in that way. It, it, yeah, it, it can't be by force, as we see the Gemara over here. Right? right, and if he doesn't want to go, then 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 you have to uh, you have to free him. Right, the Gemara number yeah. base. Right, the Gemara number base says that you 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 acquire this this evid, and you tell the evid, look. Uh, you have to go to the mikveh and be mekabel mitzvahs and do a bris within, in, oh, in, in the opposite order, in, in within the next twelve months. Twelve months, we're gonna you're gonna delay, 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 and if you don't, I have to let you go, right? So, so clearly, if if going on mikveh is bal karka, just do it. But but Rashi says Tvila there. Even Tvila, like mm-hmm. there, the Gemara is talking about the Florets of Lamal, right? Like they don't want to Tvila, right? Maybe I mean, I'm not saying like. No, Rashi clearly says to go to the mikvah. Here, here is Rashi saying that. All no, there also. There is is also to go to the mikvah. Hmm. Where? Where? Ah, yeah. The mother become my alma, the lav evid bal karchoi. Oh, I'm ever sure the carta mill with the hobby at the mobile carpet. Now that's on the ben of a guy. That's just the, the son. You can't write. Because but, there, the thing is, opposed to someone who sold me, as opposed to someone who's already never sold to you, like Stam, you could order a random guy and make him a, make a, and, and make him a right? That, say, right, that, that, we'll get to you tomorrow in a minute. But the idea is that you don't, there is, there are definitely cases of uh, of non Baal Karchay and Evan. It, it, it's not, you can't right. read this Rashi cult vilos of other malkachim doesn't doesn't really work because yeah. right it doesn't work so it doesn't mean that you always force them into into the mikvah that's not the case but rather what it means is that all the mikvah is is going in order for it to be avdus it has to be in a certain way in the name of servitude which is a form of of uh, um, uh, avdus of balkach. Okay, so we have a machlekes over here between Rishon and Lazar and the Chachamim, whether or not the end, um, the 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 emancipation, the shichrur happens with Kabbalah Mitzvahs or or not. Well, what's what what's not clear is about what about the first step? Is there a need for Kabbalah Mitzvahs at the first step or not? Okay, so the Gemara says, Amar Rava, my time is Rishon and Lazar. What's the basis for Rishon and Lazar? uh, that that uh, the, the, the the basis for Rav that an Evid does not need to accept the mitzvahs upon themselves. Now, says called ish miknas kesef. Now the Gemara asks, Evid ish vule Evid isha. Only uh, uh, the Evid of a man and not an Evid of a woman. That can't be the meaning. Now what's that scenario? The Gemara, the Torah is talking about that the halacha is that you're not allowed to bring a carbon, eat the carbon pesach if someone in your household. Doesn't have a bris. Now, what to find? What's to find someone in your household? A, a, a child in the family, or a servant, an evan that doesn't have a bris is also going to not allow you to 
to um, partake in the carbon Pesach. And to this it says, Kol Ebed Ish, the Ebed of a man. So he says, wait, Ebed of a man and not the Ebed of a woman? Therefore, that can't be the meaning. Rather, Ebed Ish, um, Atamal Baal Karchay, if uh, the, the servant, your, your servant, you can force into uh, um, uh, the bris, meaning you can force them into gayrus. The atomol ben ish You can't. Uh, uh, you can't have a convert who has a son who did not convert with him. He can't force him into gayrus. Uh, sorry, into a bris. Now, um, Rashi uh, says that this uh, this is a bitmia. Um, it, it's a it's a wonder. Evidish and not a evidisha. Why not? Well, the truth is, the Panami office asks a question over here. Maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe a woman's uh, obligation is not to, to, she doesn't have the obligation to mal her son. That the Gemara and Kedushin says that the mitzvah of bris mila is on the father, not on the son. Because we learn somebody that's obligated in mila is obligated in, in themselves with mila, is obligated in giving a bris to their son. And somebody that's not obligated in mila themselves meaning a woman, is not obligated in giving a bris to her son. So if there's a mother, uh, a, a single mother who has a son, uh, whether her husband's not home or, or divorced or, or, or she's a widow, then she's not, it's, it's unbased then, it's on the kahila to give the son a bris, not the, not the woman herself. So, 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 so what would be, so why are we so, the Panami office asks, why are we so, so, Sure, with the Gemara is asking, like, I can't, that can't be the meaning. It can't mean the evidence of a man can't, you know, it will invalidate the Karpesa, but the evidence of a woman would not. Why not? After all, maybe a woman, just as she's not obligated to give a bris to her son, so too she's not obligated to give a bris to her uh, uh, servant, and, 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 and she can eat the Karpesa. And so your question was, well, maybe she can't eat the Karpesa. Maybe, maybe that's not the criteria. Right. So, so that's the chiddush that we're going to have over here. And Kivayga over here on the side of the Gemara points out that there's a masha later in the Fayin Aleph Amid Beis that deals with this. The Gemara later talks, tries to talk about it. it, it, it tries to find a scenario where someone would would at the time of the shkita of the carbon pesach would have been valid for the carbon pesach. But at the time of the eating of the carbon pesach, would not be allowed to eat the carbon pesach on account of that they that they have a, a male in their family that did not have a bris. Now, normally that wouldn't be the scenario because if they were mechuyev in a bris already, then they would be mechuyev already on erev pesach in the morning, right? And so that even at the shechting, they would not be able to bring a car bring the carbon pesach, and if. The eighth day is the is 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 the first day of Pesach, so then you can eat the carbon Pesach because the next morning they can give them a bris. They can't yet give them a bris. So in what scenario would at the time of the shechita they they would be exempt of 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 uh, giving a bris to their son? And therefore the Torah says don't the Torah says don't make a carbon Pesach if there's somebody in your household that uh, doesn't have a bris, and it says don't eat the carbon Pesach. Gemara says, well, if you already can't make it, you can't eat it. No, maybe you're allowed to make it, but not uh, allowed to eat it. So what's the scenario? Gemara has one, one example I'll give you is that Gemara says, maybe the baby was ill, had an eye infection, and so you couldn't do the bris in the morning, so you brought your carbon Pesach because you were exempt. And in the afternoon, the baby healed. Now you can't eat the carbon Pesach because now the baby's mechiv in a bris and you didn't do it. Maybe your Pesach was in Shabbos. So then you're not mechuyiv. Well, that means you're not mechuyiv. If I can't do the bris, I can't do the bris. It's just like I'm mechuyiv also, and the baby's ill. I'm mechuyiv. I'm not mechuyiv yet because if I couldn't do it, so then I'm not. I can't do a bris at night. Why don't you just say that when the eighth day is on? Because I could have done it before. I, 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 I've never been. I've never. What was wrong with when the eighth day is on the first day Pesach? You couldn't. You couldn't, right? Then I'm no. Then I'm allowed to eat the carbon Pesach because I'm that would right. I'm allowed to eat the carbon Pesach because I'm not obligated yet. 
So that's one case. Another case that Gemara gives is where the father and mother were taken captive and they were set free after the Karman Pesach was brought before the Seder. Okay, that's the case of the Gemara. And Rashi says over there in the final of Ahmed Beis. Um, they were a chavushin. When the carbon Pesach was done, was being shechted, they were, they were locked up. And the mitzvah of Mila is upon them. No one else. And they can't make the carbon Pesach. Somebody shechted on their behalf because they were in captivity. No, it's nobody else's obligation. Meaning nobody else is going to be exempt of carbon Pesach because of that. Nobody else is going to... For some reason, they didn't appoint them. Right. Yeah. So they, somebody brought the carbon Pesach for them. That if they were freed by the time the sun set, so then they, 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 the, the bris of their son is going to hold them back. Now, the Marsha says that's great for the father. But the mother is not obligated in the bris mila. How can Rashi say the mila mutelas alim, the mitzvah of mila is incumbent upon them? It's actually not. The mother doesn't have the, the mitzvah of mila. So why can't she eat the carbon pesach? And the marshal says, you're right. But the mother is obligated in the carbon pesach because men and women are both obligated in carbon pesach. Right? Even though that it's a time of mitzvah, but we learn from chametz and matzah, so a woman is also obligated in, in carbon pesach. So since a woman is also obligated in carbon Pesach, and the Torah says you can't eat the carbon Pesach if someone in your household is not gemalit, does it not, is not have a bris. And so since it's mutela salim, doesn't mean it's your obligation to do the bris, but it's your household. It's in this person is a, is in your household. This person is upon you, meaning they're they're on your table. They're in your household, and that's what you're obligated, and that's why you're withheld from eating Karm Pesach. And similarly, we're going to say over here, the Gemara takes it as, as a pushit that it cannot be that you're going to eat the Karm Pesach, that the woman's, an evidence of a woman is going to uh, be exempt of bris mila, and therefore she can eat the Karm Pesach. No, there's someone in the household, meaning the evidence that doesn't have a bris, and so she wouldn't be able to eat the Karm Pesach. So which tells us a very interesting thing. It may be that the mitzvah of doing the bris is incumbent upon the father and not the mother that that's the doing of the bris, but not the, the um, having the oral in the household. It's still, you are responsible for the fact that you have an unbrist child in your house. So you don't have the proactive obligation, but you are held, but it is an unbrist child in your household and you can't bring a carbon Pesach. You can't bring a carbon Pesach because within your household, a child that's on your uh, re, under your responsibility, is uh, it, it doesn't have a bris, and and it's an interesting thing. What what we it, it what we see that the, the idea of not having not having uh, not eating the carbon pesach is not because look you've been negligent in your obligations of bris mila. That's not the point, because if it was, she could say I have not been negligent. In fact, it's not my obligation. That's not the right. So it's not the negligence of you didn't bris someone, you didn't give a bris to a child in your household or to the evidence in your household that needs it, because you don't have that obligation at all. Rather, it's that um, you can't have carbon Pesach when within your household, someone is not in the bris. And that's different. It's not because you've been negligent, but because there is a non-bris, an eno-ben-bris in your, in your household. And that's enough to... To, uh, uh, preclude you from either bringing or eating the carbon pesach, and I'll bring you another proof to this because uh, we know the halach is if somebody uh, um, two two siblings died in uh, uh, from a bris, meaning they have hemophilia or something, and so they can't. So the third brother not allowed to do a bris, but there's an oral in the household. So can't bring you can't bring carbon pesach. Wait, but but there is a reason for it. The, it's not negligence in the obligation. Because the because the the mitzvah the obligation is actually uh, uh, put aside, it's suspended, and nevertheless you're going to be exempt, uh, meaning not allowed to bring the carbon pesach. The exemption is not enough; it's suspended, 
And nevertheless, you can't bring the carbon Pesach because there's an Enobemberis in your household. So same over here. Is the woman obligated to... Well, well, no, you're not allowed to bring it either if the if you uh, are are uh, if you have an anobembris in your household at the time of doing it, right? So the the, the scenarios we were looking for was either the child was ill, uh, uh, meaning it had an eye infection, or or um, the the uh, uh, you know they, they were locked up. So somehow there was this in between time that the obligation set in or the the non-bris, Ben Bris, is is now a hindrance to you because it's set in between the Asiya and the Achilo. But the idea is that it's not the obligation. So if if at first learning this Gemara, I would say, oh, the Gemara clearly is of the opinion that the the woman who a woman who has a, 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 a an Evan is obligated to give a Bris to her to her son to her sorry to her uh, Evan. To which the Panim Yafas, who learned it this way, said, how can that be? She's not obligated to give a bris to her own son. She's obligated to give a bris to her Evan? And the answer is no. You're right. Panim Yafas, you're right. She's not obligated to give a bris to her son or to her Evan. So what is going on? She's obligated, it, it, even though she's not obligated, but it does count as within her household, and therefore she can't eat the carbon pesach. And that's what the Gemara is saying. Can it be that only a man can't eat a carbon Pesach if there's a Eved that doesn't have a bris, and a woman can eat the carbon Pesach if there's a Eved that doesn't have a bris? No. But, uh, even she wouldn't be allowed to eat it. In any case, so the Gemara uh, it goes through the, the, the drasha of Rabbi Shimon Allah, where he learns it, that the Rabbanan have a different drasha for this, to tell you that she um, atamol ben ish bal karchoi, you cannot do a bris, you cannot do a gerus, you cannot do a eved balkarchay. No, he just says, look at look, look at the marsha over there. But if you look at the marsha, you see he's asking Akasha on Rashi there and, and what he's saying. And so, So, um, so Rav Papa asks a question. Maskif la Rav Papa. Aim the Shamas le Rabbanu bifaster. Maybe it's only by this captive, the fastar, that the Chachamim say that um, uh, that you cannot you 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 cannot take her to uh, to mikvah without a. a, a Kabbalah Smitzis, and you have to wait. If she's Makabal Mitzis right away, fine. If not, you wait. Because maybe there, there is no obligation to Mitzis at all. I will ever the Shaykh Mitzis, but an Eved, an Eved is 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 obligated Mitzis. Maybe the Rabbana will also agree that you need to have Kabbalah Smitzis. The time we learned. That maybe our brother will hold that you don't need, but but um, an evid that you take from a guy you would need, and an evid that right, so a ger or evid, but only if you take it from a guy will sarach lekabel needs kabbalah smitzes. But if you get it a ger from another yid, then it doesn't need kabbalah smitzes. Now look at Rashi. But an Eved, maybe it doesn't need Kabbalah's Mitzvah. Why? Because it was already Shoha Etzloi. This, this Eved has already been in servitude for a while. I didn't translate that, those words of Rashi. V'nihag alav mitzvahs noigas bevet. And he already accustomed him, accustomed him, nihag, made him have the minhag. Yeah. So nihag made him have the hanaga of mitzvahs noigas bevet 
Maybe he doesn't need Kabbalah anymore. Now, the Rush says that somewhere in this Gemara, Rashi tells us that even though we're talking about at the emancipation, at the Shikhrur, the Eva does not need, need Kabbalah's mitzvahs. What about at the initial dunking? At the initial dunking, does the uh, the initial avdus does the evid need kabbalas mitzvahs or not? Not addressed. So some rishonim learn yes, of course you have to, and their proof is from Rishluk, from from Rapapa's kasha. Rapapa says, how can the chachamim say that you don't need uh, um, uh, that that you need kabbalas mitzvahs? We have over here a brisa that you don't need kabbalas mitzvahs, right? So they say, oh. Um, maybe that Bryce is talking about at the initial uh, um, uh, acquisition or the initial servitude. But maybe later on, the Chachamim indeed hold that you do need Kabbalah Smitzes. So from this, they see that no, the Chachamim are going to hold even at the initial uh, servitude they, that you do need Kabbalah Smitzes. And therefore, we have a question how can you say that if you say that they don't need? That's the way they were learning. But Rashi, they say, Rashi holds that even the Chachamim, both Rabbi Shimon ben Loza and the Chachamim, who say, uh, that, uh, who disagree in regards to the second going to the mikvah, meaning at the Shikhru, at the emancipation, whether you need Kabbalah Smitzvah or not, because they're now going to have more obligations. But at the initial point, everybody agrees they do not need Kabbalah Smitzvah. That's what the Rush quotes as Rashi. Rashi in this, so you don't say which Rashi, and some point to this Rashi here, because he says the words v'nihag he accustomed him, meaning the, the, the servant never accepted those mitzvahs, rather v'nihag, he made him become accustomed to the mitzvahs, so therefore when, you, when he's emancipating him completely he doesn't need any mitzvahs anymore. It doesn't need a Kabbalah Smith. He's already in that. Oh. So, that we, so I'll say it as a kasha on Rashi. So what we now have is, Rashi seems to be saying like this. At the initial avdus, at the initial avdus, there, you don't need Kabbalah Smith, even according to the Rabbana. The Machlekas of Shimon Elazar the Rabbanan is about another point. Once this person's been in Ebed, say, six months, and you now want to emancipate him, you want to be Meshachrerim, that Shichrur doesn't need Kabbalah Smitzvah or not. It needs to go to the mikvah. Does that, is that automatic, Kabbalah Smitzvah? Or do you need to, to, to do Kabbalah Smitzvah? Right? So does that need um, uh, Kabbalah Smitzvah? Ever ain't Sarachabashikrura Rashi says, right? Meaning, but at the beginning, would need or wouldn't need no indication, but here's this indication. So we have now Rashi's opinion. At everybody agrees the initial Avdas does not need Kabbalah Smitzvah. The later Shikrur, the Chachamim say needs Kabbalah Smitzvah, Rabbi Shimon Allah says you don't. And they're trying to prove it from Yafastah, to which the Gemara Rav Papa says, I don't understand. Maybe that's only by a fastar, but the chachamim, right? But uh, what we know is a shmamino. We learn from here, we know that that if you purchase, if you acquire an evet from another Jew, right? And then you don't need to have Kabbalah mitzvahs. That's the question of Rav Papa. So the witch of Gemara says, okay, um, uh, um, What's the whole conversation? Maybe it's talking about the first, the initial shikru. The, sorry, the initial mikvah. The initial mikvah can be done without Kabbalah's mitzvahs. That's what the ritva asks. I really, a lot of the Roshanim ask this question. The Rosh himself, it says it, it doesn't make sense according to Rashi, if that's true. But Rashi seems to learn that. So we have a lot of Gerushim as to what, you know, what's going on here. So it, the, the Gemara from the start seems to be missing the first part. Either way, I mean, we have Rashi, we have Akash on Rashi, we have, we have the Ritva and then the Rush, and there are Akash on that. But what's unclear is 
in the Gemara itself, the Gemara is only addressing that one aspect. Okay. Um, Yeah, um, they 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 learn that that since he's acquiring from another yid, so it can't be talking about the initial geiras because they would have had an initial avdus because he would have had a, a already initial by the other Jew, by the first Jew. So this can't be the initial one. Different different versions of of what the answers are, but the idea I think the idea is we have to realize that the Gemara is addressing the machlokas is addressing the end and not the beginning. And it seems in Rashi, the beginning, everybody would would agree does not require Kabbalah mitzvahs. And there are those that learn, no, that everybody would agree it does require Kabbalah mitzvahs. Tana The Rabbanu. Ve'gilcha esreisha v'asat it To whatever obligation they're obligated. Right. Accepting the mitzvahs that an Evid is obligated. Tana Rabbanu. So the Bryce are taught. Now, once we mentioned Yifastar, so the Gemara is going to uh, talk about Yifastar uh, um, to some degree. And says, okay, so it says in the Torah that she has to do her, shave her head and do her nails. So what does do her nails mean? So it means cut down, cut, trim the nails, cut the nails. You have to let them grow. Rabbi Leza. So Rabbi said, "Never see a barish." It says uh, to do uh, the head, right? It says a mitzvah of doing something by the head. Uh, and what is that? To shave the head. And it says to do something by the nails. Just over there, it's removing. So to over here, it's removing. And how do we know over there it means they're removing? Because clearly, it's it says vegilcha. So, so to over here, va'asasa would also mean to cut it out. Now, the, the kasha on that is really, so, so, so why is it using a different term? The reason is because there is no term giluach on your nails. Giluach means shaving. You can't say shave your nails. Right? So it has to use va'asasa. Okay, but it's, a, it's, it's an interesting thing. Why, why, why not use a, a cutting form? In any case, the Kiva says, no. It says do something with the head. And it says do something with the nails. Just as over there, it's disgusting. So to over here, it's disgusting. What is disgusting? Shaving your head. So uh, the Gemara accept, accepts that as a, as a um, uh, 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 you know, it, it just that, that's the truth. But where do we know this from? This really, the Gemara in Nazir, Talks about uh, uh, talks about this um, uh, that that shaving one's head is a form of nivul. It's 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 disgusting. In fact, the Gemara has a a a person can say a husband can say I don't if she made a, a neder of 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 uh, 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 nazirus where she's going to then have to shave her head. He can be made for it because it's, it's that, that that's disgusting to me, and I'm, it's it's un it's, it's it, I can't live with that. The Gemara says, yeah, but she can wear a shaitel. Uh, as the Gemara says, the Gemara says, no, he could say that that's that, that's you know that is it gets sweaty and dirty and I didn't have a shaitel machers like today. That yeah, no, it wasn't wasn't necessarily the, uh, the same thing. Even though there are shaitels that there must as we're human here, right? You can. You make human hair, but they didn't have a way to clean it and shampoos or whatever. So it was so so it it, it would have a um, uh, 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 you know so you, so you can say even that I don't like because because it's not it's disgusting. But the idea is that it's clear in the Gemara that that shaving the head is a nivel, and one has a right to say that I don't, I, I don't want to do that. So we see that that this is a nivel, and in fact we see. In Shira Shirim, the Gemara Brachas learns from Shira Shirim from the fact that that uh, uh, Shlomo, in speaking about the beauty of in, in the song, right? So the, the, in the in, in the Mashal, the beauty of the woman, and it talks about because your hair is so beautiful, 
So we see here is beauty, and therefore cutting that away is a form of lenavel. It's making more disgusting. And now the Gemara is going to bring, uh, and so, so therefore the nails also. So by the way, there's a handle in the Pesachim, and in the, what happens if, 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 if actually letting the nails grow is beautiful, right? So you can have, it's, it's, if it's too long, it can be disgusting, but, it can, it, but just a little bit, a month, two, three, could actually be, look, it could look nice. And in fact, there's, there's a whole industry of, of, you know, making longer nails look nice. So, how uh, many will be uh, Guinness record for uncut nails? Probably like 37 years. Uh, finally, you know, they were like. Yeah, but those are like. Those, those, those are his ultimate. <laughs> he just had them cut. But, but that she, is a. She considered them very attractive. Until she didn't. And no one else did either. Yeah. Until she realized that she can't sleep at night and you know, all the other issues with it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't type. Yeah. <laughs> That's a joke. He's the phone. <laughs> I, I was traveling for 35 years. She couldn't type either. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 that's, that's a, that is disgusting. But, uh, but a month or two or three, it isn't. Uh, so what's Rabbi Kiva saying? Is Rabbi Kiva defining the, the meaning of the Pusik? The Pusik means let it, let it grow. And the reason is because it's disgusting. But even if it's not disgusting, you have to let it grow. Or does Rabbi Kiva mean the Torah wants it to be disgusting? We see that from the shaving of the head. And so the nail, do the nails, let it grow because it's disgusting. And if it's not disgusting, it's actually nice, so maybe they cut it down. What's the, what is the meaning of Rabbi Akiva's, because uh, um, uh, 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 is like Rabbi Akiva. So what does that mean? Let it grow regardless or let it grow so that it's disgusting. And indeed, if it's nice, it's painted and, you know, nail polish and, 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 and uh, or you add a, 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 a manicure done. So, what? I said manicure. No, that's on the feet. So a manicure, you had a manicure done that it would, it would actually be um, better to cut it down. Anyhow, so there's an interesting halacha in the Gemara, in the next Gemara, because the Gemara brings proof to the word asiya, being letting it grow from Mephibosheth. David Melch had to run away because his son was chasing him. And his son wanted to take over. Avshalom rebelled, and, and David Melch had to run away. And uh, um, Mephibosheth ben Shol, who David had been taking care of, who was uh, uh, um, uh, uh, essentially David's brother-in-law and uh, heir to Shaul's throne, came to greet David as David is coming back. But the entire time that David was in exile, Mephibosheth did not um, did, did, did not uh, uh, um, uh, care for himself, did not uh, um, groom himself. Thank you, that's the word I was looking for. He did not groom himself because he was in, in a sense of mourning for David. But people you know, whispered in David's ear and saying, no, 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 this, this is a rebellion against you. He's a part of the rebellion. He's coming out to greet you looking so scraggly, right? And he doesn't respect you. But really was out of care for David. But be that as it may, there it says, whom if he came to greet the king, he didn't do his feet, he didn't do his mustache. So Mayasi over there, it means Havara. He had not he had not trimmed or, or, or shaved his mustache, right? Rashi says he did not shave his mustache. And lay asa raglov, he didn't make, do his feet. What does it mean he didn't do his feet? So Rashi says, raglov. He did not cut the nails, his, his, the nails of his feet. So his, he, he, you know, he came out with, with uh, fungus toes and, you know, it didn't, what? In sandals. sandals. It, just, it didn't look all that good. But Tyson says that that, that can't be shot. When brings Tessa has a very interesting riot later by the halachas of of taking off the boot by by uh, um, the the uh, the chalitza. I mean, so so there it talks about which part of the foot it has to go on, and uh, the Gemara asks uh, the Gemara says that it's down. It's the ankle. The it's the calf. It's the um, uh, lower leg, but not the thigh. 
And Gemara says, how do you know that it's not the thigh? Actually, we see that the word raglov means even the upper leg because it says le'asa raglov, and there it's by Mithribosius, and it's talking about removing the hair in the upper part of the leg. In fact, the Gemara says that it would be um, uh, removing the pubic hair. It's removing the, the body hair as a form of grooming. So now, it, it, it's interesting enough how like, how would that have been known to David in any case? Like how would, how would anybody have seen that? But the idea is that it was, it was, um, it, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it would be, um, we see that, that it, it says it can't mean cutting your nails or your toenails because that would not be, in, that, that would not be a kasha if it means cutting your toenails. So indeed the regal over there means the foot, the, you know, what we call the foot. So Tessus goes into a lengthy discussion of, we know that halacha is that a part of lisilbash, part of the prohibition of a man dressing like a woman is, is uh, grooming bodily hairs in the same way that a woman would, whether in shaving with a razor or cutting with the scissors, but in a way that is not typical uh, or for females to do, or anytime it's typical for men to do that and anything that's typical for men, that would be permissible. So Tesis goes into that halacha, very interesting halacha, and, and in, in the Shulchan Aruch over there, Shlom points to another halacha in regards to a mirror, where the Shulchan Aruch says that it is lesilbash to look in a mirror, and the Ramah says only if that's not a custom that men do. But if men look in the mirror, whether it is to trim their, uh, their, their uh, facial hair or to uh, just make sure that there's no schmutz on their face, whatever it is, that if that's normal, so that would be permissible. And so uh, it, it's just this hala- that this is the halacha that it, over here, we learn this idea that it is even things that are perhaps typically feminine, but if it is, if it is, uh, uh, so, uh, we would usually think of it as feminine, but it is now typical. It has already become normal for men to do that. That would be, a, uh, a, a that would also be a mutter, and that's what went on over there. Okay, there are Tesis has other explanations. Tesis said maybe that it was it's Isidur Abanan, and that was before the Isidur Abanan was set in motion. Minatora, it's permissible, uh, or, or Tesis makes a difference also between that you're only not allowed to do something to be vain, to beautify oneself, but to get rid of discomfort is permissible. And the place can deal with very interesting halachas, uh, say um, somebody's going white very early and you know they're in their 20s and they're going white, can they dye their hair? So normally we say, no, you can't dye your hair because that's a feminine thing to do. Men typically you know, don't, don't do that, fine. But that's when you're trying to beautify yourself. You're 60 years old and you don't want to be white. So you're trying to do that. But if you're 20 and you're going white, and so that affects your shidduchim, affects so many things, perhaps you're allowed to. A place can deal with that because of this tesis. Tesis says only for yipui, to make yourself you know, vain, like which in a feminine way. But if you're just trying not to get rid of a, of a discomfort, that would be permissible. Okay, one, I want to end with one conversation we had about last week. Last week, we saw the Gemara said by Gerim that um, that uh, uh, the Gemara says as soon as they're makabel upon themselves mitzvahs and they they're ready to go and you push them away and they still come back as soon as they're ready then you take them to the mikvah why because shehuyi mitzvah leimashchina don't leave a mitzvah so we asked wait who's mitzvah and we said it from here a lot of places can say must be it's a mitzvah on the basin to convert them because it can't be the 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 non-jews mitzvah because it's before they have a mitzvah they can't have a mitzvah to convert because they're not they only have seven mitzvahs and converting is not one of them so there is no shahuya mitzvah don't keep a mitzvah waiting however they point out that in this gemara the end of today's daf this week's daf actually is the other way because the gemara asks why is it that we see that unfortunately many gayrims suffer a lot they have a hard life why is it so there are different explanations in the gemara and one explanation the gemara says is because they 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 didn't 
because they waited to get into the mitzvah. Now, uh, uh, there is uh, uh, the Gemara that they point out the Gemara beforehand said that it said differently because the Gemara said maybe it's because they didn't keep the seven mitzvahs and when they were not Jewish, and which they were obligated to. And the Gemara says no, Ger is and Ger is is like newly born, and so. What, it, what they didn't do beforehand is of no consequence to them because that, that was somebody else. That was not me. I mean, I just, I'm only responsible for what happened from when I went to the mikvah, right? So assuming that mostly they didn't, most, most people don't keep Sheva Mitzvahs, most non-Jews, and so that's why the Gemara is assuming that. But uh, the, 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 the same would be for waiting on the, uh, on, on the converting. At which point did they wait and not convert? prior. So then that would be there as well. But in any case, what we see in this shita, at least, that what, what's wrong with them waiting and not converting? They don't have to. So we see, at least in that sheet in the Gemara, which is, uh, uh, um, um, whose opinion was that? Achir Maimer, which is Rabbi Meir, that, uh, that the reason is that really a ger who is ready for gerus and delays it, that there's a certain tvi uh, on them, there's a tain on them, because they do. That's what Shuhuya is missing. Once he's ready, the, ge- the, the potential gear has an obligation to become a gear. That's what they see me, at least in this one shita, and that would be Shad and Neymar. So we, going back to last week, what we ended with was that stop, what it seems like in the Gemara, that the obligation is on the, on the base then to not delay and to do the gears. Here we have the Gemara of, of uh, uh, that seeming to say, at least in one opinion, that there is a mitzvah on the ger, on the potential ger, to not delay and to go ahead and do the gerus as soon as they could. Um, I've heard from Rabbi Sandorovic that, that we pass it, that is the obligation of the base thing, that, that once there is an, uh, once somebody is ready, that, that we should not delay. <laughs>